I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. And he's still getting better every year, but he's still, well, I think he's still a kid. When he becomes 24, 25, but he becomes a man, he's going to be a problem. Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The Berea wonder, the one more thinking, what you got for me, Isaac Harris. All right, real quick update on my brisket. Oh, Um, the winning brisket. It is the winning brisket. (laughs) And I I do want to give an update on it because so many of you guys reached out and uh, sent me tips on just my first full day smoking a, a full brisket. And <laughs> I actually had DMs. Brisket. This was really cool. Uh, not not going to lie, it was pretty cool. Throughout the day, I had a bunch of listeners from Locked On uh, Mavericks uh, listeners that were DMing me just randomly saying, how's the brisket going? Where are you at in the process? And I'm like, this is so cool. You know, it was like a community. So it was really cool. I got up super early. I uh, started the night before, but then I got up super early and got the brisket in the smoker and a full day thing. I feel like my whole day was like gone, but because I was so focused on it, but it, it actually turned out really, really good. And I was super happy and I got, I got to learn some things here and there like cutting and all of that. But thanks to all the listeners though. Y'all help me out. <laughs> Everyone was reaching out. They're like, Oh, you got the Mavericks are one and oh when Isaac makes a brisket. So I think that's notable, right? Hey, I got a, <laughs> I got a text from uh, one of my friends who said, Hey, you know, with a screenshot of that tweet that somebody tweeted at us, <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Can you get Cuban to, uh, you know, write this off or make an expense report to Cuban?" <laughs> and uh, I started laughing. I'm like, "I don't know. Maybe I could." Uh, Anything can a, happen. Shoot a text to Cuban and saying, "Can you provide a brisket to me every anything, game?" Day? Anything is possible. All right, <laughs> on today's show, Isaac and I are going to go through. A great podcast, one of the great podcasts I've heard this year. Uh, J.J. Barea was on J.J. Reddick's podcast, so Battle of the J.J.'s. J.J. Barea said at the beginning he thinks he's the best J.J. I, I tend to agree. He's the one with the championship. So Well, Reddick, Reddick did say at least J.J. Barea's J.J. means something. Like, yeah. Jose Juan, he's like, my J.J.'s is J.J. It's just J.J. It doesn't, even, it doesn't stand for his name, right? Isn't his, doesn't yeah. his name like something else? doesn't even start with a J. I don't even know. He's it's a like dookie, Christian so I don't care. Something. I don't care. He's a dookie. (laughs) I'm going to look it up. But yeah, so we're going to break down that. There's a bunch of different stuff in there. And he had a quote about Luca that I really want to bring up. And I think we could talk about this for a while because it was about Luca and how he approaches the game, which I think is really, really important. And so we're going to get into that. And then we also just want to get into some Western Conference, you know, check in. We're going to look around the Western Conference, see which teams the Mavericks are competing with right now. All of a sudden, one win, Mavericks go from 15 in the West to 8 in the West, back in the playoffs, everything's fine, everyone back to, back to normal, everything's good, right, Isaac? Oh, yeah. Nothing nothing ever changed. Nothing right ever. now, right now, we'd be playing the Sacramento Kings and Marvin Bagley's dad in the first round of the play-in tournament if the playoffs were today. <laughs> All right, so a couple things from, from you know, from J.J. Barea. Um Actually, let's just go right into it. So a quote that he had about Luca, which I know everyone wants to hear. He said, if this guy takes the game seriously, he's going to be incredible. Quote, he's still a kid, still chilling. When he starts really training, when he becomes a man, he's going to be 
a problem. He said he's going to be a problem, Isaac. All right. So many things with that quote. First of all, he's a problem now. So, <laughs> you know, and I don't think J.J. Bray is saying otherwise. But the idea that that Luca can take it to another level. J.J. kept saying that he, he can take it to another level. He can take his training to another level. He can do... You know, his preparation to another level. He can do all this to another level. That fact just is pretty amazing to me, considering the type of player he is already. We, we talk about this all the time. We talk about his potential, but he still has so much potential, especially in the, the training area. Yeah, and I, I want you guys to go listen to this podcast that we're pulling from because context, um, you know, we're podcasters. We've been doing this for, what, four years now, almost a thousand episodes. To where you know some people that's will, old will for a podcaster, by the way. I've I've seen lots of really pods is. come and go, right? Like, <laughs> oh, how we could go through the pods that we've seen come and go, but no, I think context is really key or... for this. <laughs> that's a long list, <laughs> but you know, before he said this comment, I just want to say if y'all haven't listened to to the thing, don't take it as a JJ 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 just take a random shot at Luca. Before he said that, he was like praising Luca and yeah. all the stuff. It was like an ongoing yeah. conversation about Luca, and so it was nothing like that. It was just him. T- I thought this was so fascinating because, you know, this has been a, a conversation, whether you think it's warranted or not, or you're a big, you think it's a big storyline or you don't think it is about his conditioning ever since he's been in the league yeah. from his rookie, you know, rookie year up until now. And especially now, Tim McMahon asked him about it again the other day. Luca's response was, I got I me, mean, I got to ask about this, you know, the other day, the same question. I'll tell you the same thing. Uh, you know, he, you can tell he's kind of tired of it too, but it's obviously a storyline. It, yeah. it really is. And they've acknowledged it. And I thought this was just so intriguing to hear Berea kind of talk about that and of saying, Hey, if he takes this serious, when he really does it fully like click in, because when you think about when Luca first came over, as a rookie, look at all the stuff that he, you know, he's accomplished in Europe and the MVP and the championship. And I mean, we've heard all the stories about how he became a pro at such a young age and at Real Madrid and as a teenager playing, you know, as some of these guys are in high school playing for, you know, whatever high school across the country in America, he's over there like as a legit pro playing with older guys at the age of 16, 17, all this stuff. So he's been one of the best players on one of these professional teams for so long. He's had the pressure, all of this stuff. So when he first came over to the NBA, I don't like, I don't want to say it's a cocky thing because he's just confident in his game because he's already been there. But we constantly heard him say, it's just basketball, man. Like it's easier. I, Remember he said it's easier? Yeah, he said it. He said it's easier. The transition's been easier. He's like, nerves? Like, I've had, you know, I've had pressure my whole life. You know, he's he's just constantly, and I think it's his way of not letting it get to his head because it's just his way of like staying even kill of, hey, basketball's basketball. It's that old like um you know, the Hoosiers movie of, you know, them walking the court and him measuring the goal and say, hey, basketball is basketball. <laughs> but it was just really intriguing, I guess, insightful to hear J.J. Barea kind of dive into that of, of like, hey, he's still kind of chilling right now. He's still just kind of, hey, basketball's basketball. You know, I've been playing it forever. And we know some of you, like some some listeners were like, I've been on this. I've been saying he needs to get in shape and blah, blah, blah. I, I outraged when he came into the you know NBA this year, fat that came into the season, all that. We get it. But he's still playing really well right now, right? I mean, there's things he yeah. can improve on, obviously, but came in playing really well. He just has this another level to take. And JJ, both of them, both JJs, even admitted 
when they were Luca's age, they were coming in and they didn't think that they had to train, you know, in the off season. They came in and thought I can just get out of bed and be as good as, you know, I think I can be, be, be my best. Right. They told the story about TJ McConnell when he was in, when he was in Philly, I think with, with JJ Redick said that after his rookie year, he literally didn't train like all summer and was just drinking beer and he came back fat and the coaches were like yelling at him. Because... Said, you look like a linebacker. <laughs> yeah, you look like a linebacker, which nowadays linebacker, you're you're looking pretty good, right? Like you're looking pretty <laughs> yeah. good at that point. But it's a normal thing. And it's a it's a good sign that he has somewhere else to go there, I, I think. And, and, and I don't want to blame him either because yeah, he had arguably yeah. the most decorated – sophomore season you could even say rookie season if you wanted to that we've ever seen i mean well, how, the only how, how many people have said he's the best 21 year old player ever right like, I, I know it's like the only comp that everybody's throwing out is lebron and it's freaking lebron <laughs> so yeah. if you're luca you can't blame him in, a, in one sense of saying well crap my second year in the league i was fourth in mvp voting then i mean what but my pushback is I don't think he can win a title. I don't think he can do the things that he wants to do and reach his full potential in the league as an NBA player if he doesn't get into that elite shape. However long that takes, I don't know. Will it take multiple playoff outings like the Clippers series? Will it take you know different punches in the mouth from these different teams and other superstars for him to show up one you know or go into an offseason like, well, crap. All right, I know I can play it. I know my floor. <laughs> is an MVP candidate, but I want to be more than I want to win multiple titles and it's a step forward there. So I I just, yeah, I thought the JJ Barea quote was really cool to hear, but also insightful too, that, you know, a vet and somebody on the team is, you know, is, is acknowledging that too. Yeah. It was, it was cool to hear from somebody that knows him. That's been around him all these, you know, years he's been in the NBA. It's seen him work, seen all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, what will it take for Luca to 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 get it right to stop chilling right like like JJ Bray said and to you know really start training you know when he becomes a man JJ said when he becomes 24, 25, 26 when he becomes a man that was his quote you know he's gonna be a problem uh, so it might take that it might take that many years there might be something that happens this year that that gets him into that shape he kind of feels like Shaq in a way to me in the sense that he can he's like oh, I can just come in whatever and Kobe would always get mad at Shaq for coming in overweight and Shaq one year he came in he weighed like 400 pounds but the, the they kept the team kept telling everybody no he's 340 he's 340 and you just look at him and you're like I don't know he looks way bigger than he did last year so <laughs> but that's that's the thing that, that's, that's going on with Luca right now. So I thought that that quote from J.J. Barea was awesome. Coming up, we're going to get into some more stuff from J.J. Barea. A couple things from 2011, including Andrew Bynum and why Mark Cuban actually didn't sign J.J. Barea and Tyson Chandler. We're going to throwback here. Ten yeah. years, ten-year throwback, basically, on the Lockdown Mavericks pod today. And then we'll get into some more stuff, current stuff, 2021 stuff with the Western Conference. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris, betonline.ag is the place to go. They have all kinds of odds that you can go bet on. It's the one place that we trust, the Locked On Podcast Network. They have all kinds of odds for uh, football right now. You can go and bet on some of your NFL games. your Playoff your, games coming up. Let's your go. Your Ravens? Are you interested in your Ravens? Oh, sign me up. We're getting revenge against the Titans. <laughs> into your Ravens. There's also college football, all kinds of stuff you can get into. By the way, your Ravens, three-point favorites over the Titans right now. Mm, sign you, you me buying up. That? You buying that? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, the the <laughs> the Saints are 10.5-point favorites in a playoff game over the Bears. That one seems pretty That one seems pretty high to me, but 
it is Dang. the bear. It is the bear. So get in there. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sports book experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Isaac, let's get into some more from this J.J. Beret interview. So, uh, present day, you know, J.J. JJ Beret said the Mavs knew that – JJ wanted to play. He kind of just revisited this whole thing that we've talked about, why he you know, signed with the Mavericks and then left. The Mavs knew that he wants to play. And JJ said that he wants to play a couple more years, which is, I was like, good for you, man. However you can do yeah. it, go for it, as long as you can play. And he's and down to play anywhere around the world. Down to play anywhere, so that's kind of interesting. I'm definitely, we're definitely going to see him in Puerto Rico at some point. Uh, and then he wants to coach. He wants to come back and coach for sure. That's something that we knew. And uh, just the sentiment, he said that I'm in overtime right now. I'm good. Right, like he he wasn't yeah. resentful or anything. It was kind of sort of a plan, but he thought that there was a chance that the Mavericks could bring him back and keep him on the roster. But he's like, I've I've done everything in my career. I'm good. I'm in overtime. I'm just enjoying the time that I have. It was really cool to hear him in that that headspace. Well, even like Redick uh, and his you know his co-host Tommy Alter, I think, and uh, you know yeah, they were Tommy both Alter. like talking to him about JJ what he's been doing. He's like, man, I've just been born in Puerto Rico. I've been on the beach working out. <laughs> and JJ like joked JJ Reddick and said, well, why don't you just do that? Why would you want to come back and play basketball? Like just <laughs> hang out with your family on the beach. And that's you know, it's just up to every you know athlete is it's different for them. He wants to still can, compete, and he thinks he can still compete. And it's like, who is it for anybody else? non-athlete or athlete to tell somebody hey you're you know you're done why don't you just enjoy life he, he still wants to play basketball and I, i'm happy for him wherever that is the thing is with these athletes you can only play basketball for a certain amount of time and once it's done it's done right steve nash yeah. always said that that like i just kept holding on and kept wanting to play because once it's done like that's a huge decision to make you never get any of that back right you can you can relive some of it in coaching or working for a front office but like Daryl Armstrong, he tried to get in the game last night, the other night, and he got a text. So it's not the same. <laughs> I still haven't get... seen any backstory on that, by the way. I they just gave him a tech. I don't know. Does who they... gets fined? Does Daryl Armstrong get fined for that tech against the Rockets? You want me to ask Rick about tomorrow? <laughs> Daryl, what's or, uh, Rick? What's the protocol for uh, assistant coaches, especially in the second row, getting uh, technicals? What is that? I is might that do ever, it. Has that ever happened? Maybe just ask him if it ever happened before. That might be the play. Oh, God. <laughs> Other Maybe. things from J.J. Barea's time on the Old Man in the Three is the podcast, by the way, with J.J. Reddick. Uh, he had this notion. So J.J. Barea, I think a lot of us know, that he could dribble with both hands when he was like three years old because he had older siblings and he would always just dribble with them. And so he, he always thought that guys either had dribbling or don't. And so he said, quote, when I see guys practicing dribbling, and I'm like, you either have it or you're you're not. He thought it was kind of crazy that guys would practice dribbling, which I think is hilarious because they the Mavericks literally hired God Sham God to come in and <laughs> help Mavericks players become better dribblers, like Harrison Barnes, and he worked with Dennis a lot, and you know Wes. he's working. <laughs> he tried with Wes really. <laughs> I immediately thought of Kirk and the Stanley GIF, whatever. <laughs> hey, some people have it. Stanley did not have it. You know who had it? <laughs> Jim. Jim had it. You know who else had it? Dwight. Dwight had it, and nobody talks about Dwight. Kevin he, did, too. Kevin did. He didn't dribble, but he could, he could hit jumpers. 
Um, what? So he said that Jamal Crawford has never done a dribble drill. I believe it. <laughs> that is that is pretty wild that some guys just have it. Uh, so I thought that was hilarious because the Mavericks have this like full time dribble coach and God sham God, and yet JJ's over there sitting thinking nobody can learn this. You just don't learn it. <laughs> Very true. He's probably not. Wor- I mean, God's not hired to <laughs> uh, to teach somebody how to like dribble do the basics but i think there is a, a way for somebody who can dribble who does have it to really um i don't even know the word to say craft to get better their, like you're you're, you're honing you're skills. honing your craft a little bit but there's just a certain level jj reddick said it. he said there's a certain level that i will just never get to i can do all the dribbling drills i want i'm never gonna be as good as Kyrie, right like there's yeah. just a certain level you'll never be able to get to, but you can get better, and obviously you can be, become a better dribbler. I don't think JJ JJ doesn't think that, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so he said that J, that Andrew Bynum called him after the the infamous clothesline in the playoffs. He said he called him, left a message, and said I was taking out all my frustration on you. Uh, and then apparently after he left the Lakers, Andrew Bynum took all the frustration out on his hair. So and, and that's what he decided. I to did think that. that was pretty classy. I, I thought. That was a, a wrinkle to the story that I've never heard before that Bynum called him the next day and I was revisiting all in my head. I'm like, dang, I might think different of Bynum now. No, I don't. So <laughs> this is after the 2011, the second round when the, the Mavericks swept the Lakers and like in the game, it was game four, right? He's, he clotheslined JJ Barea in, in, you know, one of the games. They're just so frustrated. That was the game that they absolutely got destroyed. And uh, yeah, so it was one of the dirtiest plays I think I've ever seen. We revisit yeah. it every year with the finals flashback, so we'll talk about it again then. Hopefully we'll remember this part. He also, JJ, JJ Bray also admitted that he flops and he has a trick. This is what he does. Um, when a player puts their arm out, like puts their off arm that's not dribbling, he grabs onto the arm, and when they extend, he falls backwards. And yeah. he said it's an offensive foul every time, which we've seen over and over again. But that also is selling, selling, according to Kyle according Anderson. According to Kyle Anderson, that is selling. That's a, that's an old. How long have we been doing that? Three years? I think it has been three years. That since was a me. long time ago that that happened. Anyway, Kyle Anderson tweeted. Slomo versus Isaac, myself. <laughs> he, quote, <laughs> he quote tweeted Isaac like three years ago about that and said he was not flopping. He was selling the calls. Very that's what important. his dad taught him. It's very important. Yeah, he said his dad did it. Uh, but he also said that to accentuate the call, he'll look, he'll look at the ref in the eyes. Yeah, I'm like, I don't <laughs> on think the I'm way down, it. like on the way down, flopping, he'll look the ref in the eyes. I thought that was so great. <laughs> yeah, I don't. If I'm a ref and somebody's looking at me, and I don't think I call it. But the last thing I wanted to get to from this is we talked. We talk a lot about you know what ifs what if they had kept the 2011 team together what if they had kept tyson and jj and that was kind of the only two guys that they really didn't keep they were the only two free agents that year um but what if they had kept those guys and jj said the reason why that cuban didn't resign them really like the main reason is the lockout messed with his head and he that was the year when there were 66 games and it started in december and it was just there was the collective bargaining agreement. They had to come up with an agreement, and Cuban thought that it was going to change all this stuff. And so he was only going. He thought they were going to change all these rules when the players' association and the league were going to agree on the rules. And so he said he was only going to sign guys for one year. And so he decided not to sign JJ. JJ went and got his you know big deal with Minnesota, and Tyson Four went years, off. Yeah. Tyson went off to New York right after Phoenix. that. Phoenix after that. And so he. Uh, 
Yeah, they decided not to sign it back because of the the lockout. And I thought that was pretty wild. I I had not heard that that it was the lockout part that was one of the reasons why I knew that he didn't want to re-sign them. They were going for big fish and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the the, the fact that he thought the rules were going to change made him change his mind about that team. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I knew the I knew the one year part that he didn't want to go the multiple years. I knew the one year part, but I never heard the explanation of the lockout stuff like JJ did. But um, he said, you know, he flew back. I thought it was kind of sad to be honest. Uh, but he's like, yeah, I thought the whole time that I was going to be back at Dallas. He was partying in Puerto Rico and came back and flew to Dallas. Met with Mark, and Mark pretty much told him that he wasn't. And it's kind of like, bam, but. He said it was amicable though, and he, he you know he understood the reason, and he kind of had no choice. It, a player like him of his stature, literally and figuratively, had to take a deal like that from Minnesota. So that was a good podcast. Obviously, go listen to it. It was a couple episodes ago, so you might have to go back through their feed. But Old Man in the Three with JJ Reddick and Tommy Alter, go check out that pod. is really good. So coming up, let's get into the Western Conference. Talk about where the Mavericks stand and uh, how they stack up against the rest of these teams. Now that the Mavericks are back in the playoffs, baby. But before we do, Isaac Harris, oh baby, Built Bar. I got some Built Bars. I put in another order and uh, they gave me 15% off, which is funny because you can just get the locked on code and <laughs> you can just do it over and over again. But you know that if we're reordering and if I'm getting free promo codes from them, that means that they're good. Go to BuiltBar.com. They have 18 incredible flavors. I had a cookies and cream today. Uh, the mint brownie is incredible. It's like it's, it's better than a candy bar, honestly, the mint brownie one. There's just something about it that's just really, really good. And you don't feel bad afterwards. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. You know that feeling when you eat like a full candy bar? I don't know if I'm getting old or what, but if I eat a full candy bar or something like that, you just your teeth feel gritty and then you just don't feel good. And afterwards, you know, you're like, oh, this is good when I eat it. But then afterwards, I don't feel good. You don't get that with Built Bar. They're guilt-free. And that's what they say on the packaging. So you know it's true. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Also, try the promo code LOCKED. And they have a new cookies and cream flavor. Or they have a new cookie dough flavor. That's the new one. So mm-hmm. go check that one out and try that if you can. If you want to get basketball smart, start listening to Hollinger and Duncan, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. NBA, NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunkdown Podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scattering reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I just I, want, I'm going to interrupt you from the very beginning here of this third segment. You did not even mention about Dirk hating LeBron Wade in the Heat team. That was just fun to hear, and I just want to point that out because that was from that podcast that J.J. Barea was talking about how much Dirk hated those guys in that team, and I just—I didn't think there was a spot in my heart that I could love Dirk more, and it's like one of those things you always knew that how he felt about it, but just to hear another teammate say that he felt that way, I just it just warmed my soul. Yeah, that was a bad omission on my part. So the the thing was, this was in 2011. Remember when, obviously, everyone listening to this remembers that when Wade and LeBron were filmed, you know, pretending to cough coming into the arena. Cheap. JJ said Dirk saw that, and that really hurt, and that was that actually affected him. And so sometimes you hear that stuff, and you're like, oh, did he really care about that? Or you know, did he just see it? And it's Dirk. He's probably just gonna brush it off because he normally does, but he really cared. Yeah, and yeah. 
that really hurt him and it really you know motivated it gave him that extra motivation JJ said and so yeah that was a really good part of that so if you're gonna listen to that podcast we're promoting this this podcast so much but it was so good with Berea so go listen to that and hear that part about Dirk really hating LeBron and Wade obviously it seems like he got over it with LeBron it, I don't know about Wade though even that last year when Dirk was leaving and they were doing that jersey thing it's, I don't know it seemed like he was just being amicable did he get but... over it with LeBron Mm, I I, get, I think so. It it's not like, like that, it's not like it was that way with Kobe. I mean, he was like tight yeah, with Kobe. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he was ever that way with LeBron. Uh, yeah, I guess not. But it, more, so, he was more so cool with LeBron than Wade. I feel like. Sure. I mean, I don't care if he never is. But. <laughs> All right. Let's quickly look at the Western Conference. So, a couple of games are still going on as we're recording this. Looks like the Nuggets are going to beat the Timberwolves, and uh, hey, looks it's a new like, way to lose for <laughs> Russell. And then uh, so. Th- Tomorrow, or today, as you guys are listening, no, tomorrow, as you guys are listening to this on uh, Wednesday, the Mavericks are going to play the Nuggets, and the Nuggets will be three and four, just like the Mavericks. So they'll be right up there with them. Uh, number one and two in the West, not surprising. Clippers, Lakers. Clippers might be three if you're listening to this if they lose, but uh, those those number top two teams, not surprising. Lakers, number six in offense in the NBA, number four in defense. Uh, the Clippers, number four in offense. So everyone was worried about their offense. And their defense has actually been awful. They're number 20 in defense in the NBA so far. Uh, which team are you? do you have more questions about, or which team are you more interested in right now? Um, I mean, I just going to say Paul George. I mean, for as much of crap that Paul George got in the bubble um, and for his sorry excuses that, you know, I'm trying <laughs> to blame Doc and then his whole dumb Christmas Hey, we were on the road for Christmas when the Mavs were freaking in LA for four days on the road. But oh well. If you have to uh, play Paul George in something, play it after a holiday. <laughs> but I mean, his start to the season. I mean, he's their leading scorer. He's averaging twenty five points a game. He's shooting f- almost fifty percent from three on eight threes a game. Fifty uh, percent from the field. I mean, he's just absolutely killing it for the Clippers right now. So I mean, I think over uh, from both teams, that's the biggest storyline for me that. If they get this Paul George all season and then Kawhi keeps on doing his thing, and I mean, Kawhi's averaging 22, it's like he's starting off the year bad or anything. But if Kawhi gets up back up to top three, top five player in the league, then, you know, I think we're back believing they're a contender, or at least for me. I think a lot of people already think they are. But yeah, Kawhi and Paul George, their playmaking has really taken the next level. They really, I think they took that you guys don't have a point guard thing to heart. I mean, Kawhi averaging 5.8 assists a game. It's going to change by the time this game ends, but 5.1 assists for, for Paul George, like those guys averaging like 11 assists combined is pretty, pretty big for those two. So they're not normally known as playmakers in their careers. That I think that's pretty interesting. The fact that Nick Batum is a solid role player for them shooting 40, you know, over 45% from three, he's kind of come back from the dead. That's a, that's a really solid ad for them. So between Batum and Ibaka being solid for them, like that's that's pretty big for them to get. Um, the Luke Kennard, Lou Williams backcourt, Reggie Jackson playing defense. I mean, sheesh. Yeah, no. we've, we've seen that. We've talked about it after they played the Mavericks. So that team is is kind of interesting. But I just don't know if they have enough to beat the Lakers. <laughs> like even even with all the the changes and and all that. Like even with Batum being solid and Baca being solid, the Lakers just seem like they're toying with teams right now. Yeah, they are. That's all. Isaac Can we wants. talk about the Suns? That's all quick. Isaac wants to say about that. I don't care about the freaking Lakers. That's the last people okay. I want to talk about. All right, uh, the, the, Suns, the Suns, man. Mikel freaking Bridges. What a, what a start to the season. He's shooting uh, what forty six percent from three on almost six threes a game. 
I think Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, both of those guys starting off the season. Cam Johnson coming off the bench, averaging 12 points a game. I like both those guys. I mean, everybody talks about the addition of Chris Paul for for the Suns. And, I mean, he's helped them, but he's averaging 13 a game, 33% from three, uh, 41% from from the field. And so he's not, like, shooting the ball great. He had a clutch basket the other night against Denver. But, yeah, I think it's, the, for me, for the Suns, it's been the supporting pieces like Mikel Bridges, um, even Sarge, he's only played three games, but in Cam Johnson, those are the guys that surprised me the most about Phoenix so far. Yeah, it seems like Bridges has taken that next leap when everyone thought that Aiton was going to take that next leap with with Chris yeah. Paul. You know, it seems like Bridges has really been the one that's benefited, and he's really hitting well from three, obviously. And uh, the, the Mavericks lost the, the Suns doesn't look as bad now, right? No, no, it doesn't. But still, uh, yeah, I mean. It was a winnable still, game for sure, but. Yeah, they're still a super young team. I, I want to see how it plays out through the season because, I mean, you see what's happening to the Hawks right now. I mean, the Hawks are yep. off hot. Everybody's talking about them, and they're past, what, two or three games? You know, things are kind of, it's, you know, evening out a little bit for them. So I wonder if that time will come for the Suns or will they just keep going like it is? Yeah, we've been pretty reactionary. They're also decently healthy, right? Like, like Sarge is the only one that has yeah. kind of been out, and now he's coming back. So, um, yeah, they, they've been they've been decently healthy, at least with their top, like, eight guys or six guys or whatever. They also have a weird backup point guard situation with – with uh, Galloway and Payne and Javon Carter, and they got to figure that, they got to figure that out if they're going to be a real team. But the Mavericks have issues too. So, yeah, Suns they are 11 in offense and third in defense. That's what really surprised me is they're winning with defense. Shocking. They're third in the NBA in defense right now. You know, some of these numbers are, are can change game to game, obviously. But thought that that really stood out. I would not have expected that from that team. The uh, yeah, Utah and the Pelicans. Those two teams coming next. I expect Utah to be there. Pelicans. I ex- yeah, I expected uh, Utah to be there. They have a 16th ranked defense, though. That was a little surprising. Huh. But th- their personnel is not really defensive outside of, like, Gobert. Like, Mitchell, I guess, is. Conley should be. Ingles should be. But, yeah, like, Bogdanovich, who's okay. Like, the rest of them are okay, right? It just kind of seems like that. So Yeah. Uh, and that'll, that'll come with more time, I think. But the Pelicans, that one is fascinating. They're 22nd in offense. They have just the offensive efficiency of like a non-playoff team last year, but they're fifth in defense. They've been playing Adams and Zion Williamson together. I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen when the Mavericks play them, which actually happens in a couple days, right? So, yeah, next um, Monday. Yeah, next month. So I'm fascinated to see what happens with them, but they've been really good when both of those guys play and when um, I hate watching it. I hate it. <laughs> what what do you hate watching about it? I just don't like it. I watched them the other day, and I was just frustrated watching it. I'm like, if I was a Pelicans fan, I would just be pissed watching this two, these two bigs. It, and I'm not. I was telling you about this. I'm not even in the camp that Zion has to play a five all the time. Yeah. I just want him with a spacing five. Not. It. I, I just hated when he like has the ball and he's trying to do crap, and then Adams is down there and like short corner kind of. And I'm like, I just hate all of that. But like you said, some of the numbers show that it's working. It's working defensively, and you need that defender next to next to Zion. You can't have you can't kind of expose him as the five. He's not ready yeah, for that he's, yet. He's kind of bad at defense. It it kind of feels like some of these like '90s teams with like you know Zion is Barkley, and then you have like one wing one wing guy that can score, and then you have that huge center. Right? It just kind of I feel feels like I'm watching like Carl Malone and Ostertag. <laughs> is that a shot on Stephen Adams or Ostertag? <laughs> Ostertag. <laughs> Anybody else stick out to you? The Mavericks are right now 16th in offense, 10th in defense. So they have a 
106.1 defensive rating, which is huge. They're 10th in the NBA in defense, which is where they need to be. They just need to bring the offense up, which is something we know they can do. So I think that's pretty significant. But they're uh, they're eighth, and I guess tied with the Nuggets now, eighth in the West. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's like what you said earlier that you know they they won one basketball game, they moved from like 15th up to eighth, and <laughs> we're still so early in the season. That's one of the freakouts and from fans of everything like we're, it's still super super early and we're just giving general thoughts and i mean I, i'm glad the warriors have turned around a little bit steph there's yeah. still nobody like him in the nba in my opinion that when he shoots it like he does and gets hot like that it's just it's so much fun to watch and uh portland's portland i think the kings have surprised me a little bit at the beginning uh you know they went down a few bit a little bit over the past few days and you know it's just always fun seeing drama in sacramento but i don't think yeah <laughs> is it fun it's not fun for them i felt bad for uh for matt george the guy just even no, though i even, don't anybody you anybody who writes but... a rap like that no i don't feel bad but halliburton's been super fun for them by the way he's been great he's my rookie of the year that pick. was your pick yeah that, yeah, was, that was your, my that was your i'm feeling pick. good about that pick I, i'm still feeling confident in wiseman too i, I love my wiseman he's, pick. I yeah, like he's been great too the the warriors offense with draymond green has been night and day i mean just he's so important for them the, the elephant in the room in the western conference what happens with James Harden? Yeah. And, you know, if he goes to Denver, if he goes to one of these other teams that's in the playoff hunt for the Western Conference, you know, it just changes everything. So I, I think we're all still waiting for that domino to fall. And I just want him to go to the East. Can we just put him on the Knicks? I just, that'd just be a lot of fun. <laughs> just, just dump him the, somewhere. Yeah. Just, just send him to the Knicks and, and all of that. But still super early in the West. And uh, we got a big game coming up against Denver for, for Dallas. Huge game coming up, so we'll preview that. We'll have another pod for you guys tomorrow talking about, you know, more map stuff, whatever we come up with. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about something tomorrow. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. I think he's still a kid. When he becomes 24, 25, but he becomes a man, he's going to be a problem, a real problem. Uh, he, he loves the game. He loves his teammates. So he loves to compete against the best. He wants to compete against the best. So he's got all the things I think you need to be really great at, at, at basketball.